see a few of you braved the weather. It's really not that bad out there. We're going to get started. You guys ready to worship? All right, let's stand up. All right. Lord Jesus, we love you, Lord. We just are grateful for all you've done for us. Lord, and as we worship you and as we are here together, Lord, in your name, um, we just seek your presence, that you'd move and you would have your way. And Lord, just help us just to lay our burdens and uh, the things that get in the way, Lord, down at your feet today. Pray that you'd speak to us, Lord, that you would encourage us, that we'd be able to encourage one another. You pour out your gifts. Yeah, Lord, we just um, give this morning to you. Amen. All right. You guys are going to have to sing loud. There's only a few of you. <laughs> See 
Stand. 
Just as uh, as we're singing that, I um, the Lord really gave me a really like strong picture of um, of Mary when she was Mary Magdalene when she's at Jesus's feet and she's she took a year's worth of wages of this perfume to to pour it on the feet of Jesus. It was expensive for her. It, it cost her. To anoint the feet of Jesus with that perfume and to pour it out on his feet. And I feel like the Lord this morning was challenging me, challenging us. Are you willing to do that? And when she did it, some of the disciples were talking about what a waste it was. That that money would be better used somewhere other than pouring it on the feet of Jesus. And I feel like God is challenging me, is maybe challenging you this morning. Are you willing for the gospel to cost? Are you willing to allow following Jesus to change your life, to impact your life? Lord, hear our prayer. Change us, Lord. Lord, challenge us. Jesus, call us out. Lord, hear our prayer. Jesus, we want to give you everything. We don't want to hold things back. We don't want to keep things from you. We don't want to let anything stop us from following you, Jesus. So, Lord, I just, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, anything that would be a barrier between us and you, God, Lord, would you just remove that? Holy Spirit, would you move in our hearts and our minds right now in this moment? And would you remove anything that might keep us from, from following you, Lord God? Lord, we want to pour out our lives to you, Jesus. We want to follow you, Lord. We want to be like those disciples where you said, come follow me, and we drop our nets and we chase after you, God. Change us, Lord. Challenge us, Lord. Lord, would you hear our prayer? Richard, would you mind going through that again and do that song again? Thank you. All of my heart with all of my mind, with all of my soul and all of my strength, Jesus. 
I would bring them and had I kingdom I would lose them had I the world too small a gift would it be for you had I riches I would bring them and had I kingdoms I would lose them had I the world too small a gift would it be is my song to you a melody of thanks for you 
an expression of wonder at your beauty and your splendor. No other cry of I than to know you more and lift you high. God of infinite glory, above all you is my song to you, a melody of thanks for you, an expression of wonder, attribute and your No other cry of I than to know you more and lift you high. Oh God of infinite glory, above all you are worthy. Ah uh -huh. 
simply a song of love, boundless gratitude, my whole life for you. This morning, I <clears throat> was reading through the Beatitudes and just thought I'd read this little section here because I think it is relevant to what we are experiencing right now with in our world and things that we need to be reminded of. So you could keep your eyes closed if you want and just kind of meditate, but blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So Lord, we, we ask that in the midst of the turmoil around us, um, in our world, the fighting, the bickering, the anger, that we would see your kingdom come, that we would seek you um, and know that we need you, and that you would show up um, in, our, in our brokenness, in our need, in our hunger, not because we have it all together, but because we seek a kingdom that is um, very different from the kingdom of this world. Can be seated. Jesus, we just, we need you. Uh, our families need you. Our city needs you. 
our nation and our world need you, Lord God. Lord, can you, would you, just continue the work that you um, started in worship? Lord, there's definitely a, uh, a theme and a thread that you have going this morning, Lord God. Uh, so Lord, I ask, would, would we, with, with those who have ears to hear, can we hear your voice? Would we be listening for what you're trying to say to us this morning, God? Jesus, I pray that our hearts would be fertile ground for your seed to fall on and take root, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you love us and you care for us. Amen. Amen. I'm going to just plug this in for an announcement real quick. Hopefully it's going to switch over here. Maybe not. Maybe half of it. Oh, nope, there we go. All right, my friends, the stalls, could you guys wave your hands? Hi, that's kind of a, Ryan's doing kind of a queenly wave. Um, they are going to be starting an amazing new small group the first and third Wednesday of each month called Doing the Stuff. Um, if you don't know the reference to that, John Wimber did a series of uh, videos where he kind of talked about doing the stuff. Um, and so if I understand correctly, just you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. You'd probably correct me even if I was right. Annoying. But um, they're going to watch uh, some of these videos. They're going to go through this video series and then have conversation and practice of doing the stuff. Okay, I'm getting nods. That's a good thing. Um, so if you're interested in how the gifts of the Spirit, praying for people for healing, hearing the voice of God, praying for others, um, kingdom ministry. If this is something that you feel God has been stirring in your heart, something that you're either called to or called back to, um, I would encourage you to connect with them today, talk to them, see kind of what the dealio is. Um, starting in February, that's correct. Uh, so it was like, is it February 2nd is the first Wednesday? February 2nd would be the, the start date. So anyway, just kind of throwing that out there for you guys. Um, for the men who were able to attend yesterday, thank you. We had a really good uh, first men's breakfast, kind of our, our kickoff one post stuff being crazy. Um, and we had a really good time together. We were able to pray for each other. I'm really, I, I really sense the presence of the Lord there with us, and so that was uh, really awesome. We just had a really good time together. I'd encourage you, if you're a dude, next month, second Saturday, nine o'clock, up in the tap room, come join us. It's a good time to just hang out, hang out with your brothers, get some prayer. Um, I think that's it as far as announcement stuff, so if I could get everybody to stand up for me, go ahead and stand on up. Stretch a little bit. And if you guys could please go say hi one another, greet one another. I'm going to, I got to go get my microphone, get some stuff switched around with the soundboard, get set up. So we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. So go say hi.
All right, if I could get everyone to start making your way back to your seats, I appreciate it. kind of wander, start making your way. Um, I was a little bit uh, tentative this morning. I had a bunch of people contact me last night and this morning saying that they were affected by COVID stuff. Either they were positive with COVID, they had it in their family, they were going to go get tested. Like, I'm, I'm not kidding, like, probably probably eight separate families or individuals, I would say in the last two days, have reached out to me and said, hey, we've got, you know, I'm either COVID positive or my family's got something going on or we're, we're literally going down to get tested because there's just, you know, and plus the flu's going around and the colds are going around. So like, and anymore, it's like, if you look at the symptom list, it's like hard to know, right? Until you actually go get a test. I've gotten tested probably four times <laughs> just in the last month just to make sure that I'm, I'm cool, you know, I'm not getting anybody sick, and I'm around some people who, you know, it would be really bad if they got it. So um, just know that we understand and appreciate and bless all of you who are watching online today because you're needing to be home. Your family, we love you. Thank you for taking care of yourself because we want you to be around. So please, I don't want anybody to ever feel this like, I don't know, weird, stupid, judgy kind of thing if you're like taking care of your health. Because it doesn't exist. And if the enemy's like messing with you, trying to say that that's, you're doing the wrong thing, you're not. We love you, we care about you, we want you to be safe. So please know that. God bless you. Uh, Tune in on Sunday morning because we're live streaming. We're, we're all set up from the last couple of years. So anymore, it's really kind of easy just to push a button and we go. Um, we had a lot of snow this last week. I know and a lot of people aren't happy about it. I love the snow. I have a pretty sick snow dance that I do each year. It doesn't always work. This year, Dusty used snow dance and it was super effective. Anybody who's a Pokemon person, you get that. Um, <laughs> so it was beautiful. So this, I don't know who the Washington State Department of Natural Resources social media person is, but they're my people. It says, a live look at the trailhead conditions along the I-90 corridor. Our current restrictions will remain in place through the weekend. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I don't know who they are, but if, if, you're, if you happen to be tuning into the Vineyard live stream, contact me. We can be friends. <laughs> I thought that was beautiful. So we're going to continue on our series called The Greatness of the Gospel. The month of January, we really wanted to focus in on what is the gospel, how does the gospel affect us, how does the gospel change us and transform both us and our communities. The gospel is the tool that we bring to the task, the weapon that we bring to the war, and the strength that we bring to the struggle. I'm sure if I asked any one of you, if I had a conversation with you, 
you could tell me about when you needed a weapon to help you fight with what's going on in the world today. That you need strength. That some extra tools in your toolbox would be more than welcome. And that's what the gospel is. That's what the good news of Jesus Christ is. Is it equips us and changes us so that we can survive what the Bible calls this current dark age. And just for the record, that reference of this current dark age was said 2,000 years ago. So this is not a new war. This is not a new battle. This is not a new need for a tool in our toolkit. We need our God. And we need him active and working in our everyday life. And guys, if, I, if you hear one thing this morning, if you hear one word out of my mouth this morning, I want you to hear this. Allow God to change you. Be soft. Have soft ground for the seeds that God wants to plant in you to take root. That he doesn't have to fight you as well as the world to change you. Because the world's constantly trying to mess with you. And the world's constantly trying to impede your walk with God and get in the way of and cause a, a barrier between you and, and, and Jesus. And so hear this. Allow, work with the Holy Spirit to let yourself be changed. Don't fight him. Don't fight him. The gospel is always transformative. If, if you're listening, if you hear the truth of Jesus Christ, that he came for you, that he loves you, that he cares for you, that he wants to redeem you and restore you, that he wants to be with you, that he wants to forgive you, that he wants to care for you, it will change you. You can't walk away from that and not be changed. If somebody looks at you and they look you in the eye like Jesus would, if they look at you and say, Matt, I love you. And it's true, I do love Matt. I love you. That it changes something in our hearts when someone cares for us. Jesus loves you. It's not a silly little kid song that you sing in church. It's a transformative, radical truth that Jesus loves you. The Apostle Paul, in writing to the Ephesians, talks quite a bit about this. So I'm going to read a, big, a pretty good-sized chunk of Ephesians 3. Um, up there I put 4 through 12, but I'm actually going to just start at the beginning. Beloved friends, because of my love for Jesus Christ, I am now his prisoner for the sake of all of you who are not Jews. And when Paul's saying, I am his prisoner, he means that literally. He's literally in prison. So that you will hear the gospel that God has entrusted to me to share with you. 
For this wonderful mystery, which I briefly described, was given to me by divine revelation, so that whenever you read it, you will be able to understand my revelation and the insight into the secret mystery of the Messiah. See, Paul showed something, or God showed something to Paul, excuse me. And then Paul wanted to share that with the Ephesians. He was like, God showed me this beautiful, incredible truth. And church in Ephesus, I want you to hear what it is that God showed me. There has never been a generation that has been given the detailed understanding of this glorious and divine mystery as it has until now. He kept it a secret until this generation. God is revealing it now only to his sacred apostles and prophets by his Holy Spirit. And here's the secret. The gospel of grace has made you, non-Jewish believers, into co-heirs of his promise through your union with him. And you have now become members of his body, one with the anointed one. I have been made a messenger of this wonderful news by the gift of grace that works through me. Even though I am the least significant, Paul says, of all his holy believers, this grace gift was imparted when the manifestation of his power came upon me. Grace alone empowers me so that I can boldly preach this wonderful message to non-Jewish people, sharing with them the unfading, inexhaustible riches of Christ, which are beyond comprehension. My passion is to enlighten every person to this divine mystery. It was hidden for ages past until now and kept a secret in the heart of God, the creator of all. The purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic order in the heavenly realm God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. This perfectly wise plan was destined from the eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus Christ. So that now we have boldness through him and free access as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. My dear friends, I pray that you will remain strong and not be discouraged or ashamed by all that I suffer on your behalf, for it is for your glory. See, prior to this, it was thought that there was only Israel. Only the Jews were the chosen people of God. When Jesus came, we sing this worship song every once in a while on Sunday morning. When you come, everything changes. Jesus came. Everything changed. Everything changed. I don't know about you guys. There's not a whole lot of us that are probably Jewish in here. Just judging from the general Yakima demographic. Not a whole lot of us are, are Jews. And so this good news that Paul is talking about, this, this divine mystery that was revealed in another part of Scripture, Paul talks about, I think it's in Galatians, that we have been grafted on to the vine. We've been added in 
to God's chosen people. And it doesn't matter that I was born in Yakima, Washington, and that I wasn't born in Jerusalem. Jehovah is still my God. Jesus Christ has died for my sins. And I don't have to be Jewish. That's good news for us. Because prior to that, it, that's, that's what was thought. It's like if you're not this Orthodox Jew born in the right genealogy, you know, the line of whatever, which is why, you know, some of those old books like Numbers, for example, like, here's all the genealogies. You know you're okay because here's your grandpa. A lot of you might not know this. Might be a secret to some of you. My grandpa was Elvis. He was. Not Presley. <laughs> but his name was Elvis. <laughs> Every time like at school or like a trivia thing when they're doing like a people thing, that's the one I always throw in. My grandfather was Elvis. You know, what's true, what's not true. But yeah, my grandpa was Elvis. Uh, he was a uh, little bit crazy farmer. Um, he was a Scotsman who really liked his drink. Um, I remember being eight years old and him taking me to the tavern out in Wiley City, way out in Atanum, which if you've ever been out that area, there's literally like a gas station and a tavern and that's the whole store and then the rodeo. And like that's the whole town. And so I remember my grandpa, eight years old, sitting me down at the bar, ordering me a hamburger while he day drank and then we drove back home. Um, I don't know if my mom knows that. She might know. Because <laughs> she watches sometimes on Sunday. Um, but I remember him taking me there. So if my salvation was dependent on my genealogy with my Scottish drunk grandpa, I'd be toast. <laughs> right? And so that's why Ephesians 3 is such good news. Right? Because I... I've been grafted in. I, I've been added into God's kids. I, I'm one of God's people. Even though I, I don't have the right blood flowing through my veins. God's blood is enough. And when I take communion, and I remember what Jesus did for me. His blood that was shed for me, it's enough. While there's many things that I feel like we could unpack in this message from Paul to the Ephesian church, I want to talk about the hospitality that is the gospel. Hospitality meaning invitation, the gathering, the caring for, the openness. Hospitality means is somebody who's like, come in, please join us, be part of us. And that's what the gospel of Jesus is. That God would have none perish, but all have everlasting life. How does real transformation happen in the human heart? And I would say the answers to that are different depending on who you would ask. Right? Like different 
people would respond to that in, in different ways. But I feel like we should all be able to agree that as far as the story and the message of Jesus is concerned, transformation begins with invitation. Transformation begins with an invitation from God to walk with him, to allow his love to permeate us and change us and transform us and make us different. That is the true sound of inclusion, of welcome, hospitality, barriers falling down, wholeness being created. The mystery is through the gospel. And then in the Gentiles, that Jesus is talking about us, heirs with Israel, as we were talking about before, we share together in the promise of Jesus Christ. We share that together. The gospel forms community, and it welcomes everyone to join in. Now, churches sometimes suck at this. Sometimes we're not so good at that. But because we're human and broken and sometimes fail, oftentimes fail, that doesn't mean that the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is different. We just as humans don't always reflect it very perfectly. We just don't. We might desire to, we might want to, but we have brokenness, and sometimes our brokenness comes out. But the gospel itself is an open invitation to all. Whosoever may come. Whosoever, the fancy King James word for everybody, all the peoples, no matter the shade of our skin or any other difference we might have, all are welcome to move to Jesus, to come to Jesus. All are welcome. All meaning all. Think of somebody, anybody. Think of the most broken person you can think of in the world. Maybe even somebody you kind of hate. Jesus doesn't, but maybe you do. God wants them. And he wants them to be part of his family, and he wants them to be in his kingdom, and he wants for them to know, them to know the forgiving salvation that he offers. There is no one Jesus doesn't want. The Bible says that there's only, this is a quote by Rich Nathan that I love. He said this, the Bible says there's only one fundamental distinction between people. And it has nothing to do with politics or economics or sex or race or country of origin. The Bible says that the only thing that really matters is whether you are in Christ or apart from Christ. That's the only distinction that really matters. Again, us followers of Jesus, we like to throw up all kinds of other things that divide us and separate us. And you've, you're probably sick of hearing me talk about that. Guess what? Too bad. I'm going to keep talking about that because the division that exists in our world is from Satan. And if something's from the devil, I'm not going to just say it's cool. 
or it's okay, or you know what, that's just so-and-so. They're just that way. No. If it's wrong, it's wrong. That division is not of God. The opposite is true. You can read throughout Scripture and Scripture and Scripture of if my people are one, if my, my people who are joined together, my people in unity. And guys, if we choose to follow Jesus, we're his people. And so the, as Rich Nathan is saying here, the only thing that really matters is are you in Christ or out apart from Christ? And for those who are apart from Christ, it is our duty, our responsibility, and it should be our great joy to invite them to be part of Christ. Because we know how good Jesus is. I mean, telling somebody that there's someone who loves them and cares for them and, and literally died for them, that's good news. Sometimes we're really bad at telling people about that. We should imagine this world because it's true. People from every imaginable culture, all the ideologies, yes, even different religions, Jesus wants them. Every kind of societal construct that you can think of. My, my son is up at college. He's, he's studying anthropology right now up at Central. That's what he wants to do for a living is, is be an anthropologist. And so part of what he does is they study all of these cultures. His particular interest is like in ancient Rome and ancient Greece. That's kind of his area that he really is just fascinated by. And so anthropology studies people, studies cultures, studies changes and differences. And, you know, if you read, you know, way back in the Old Testament, their society was a little bit different than ours is today. Just a tad. Their technology was maybe a little bit different. A unless you're watching those ancient alien shows, in which case it was more advanced. But I don't, that's not me. <laughs> but I've heard stories from people. Aliens. You know, if you've ever seen the meme. Anyway. Um, no. I mean, it was, a different, it was different, right? So that construct of society, let's say during Abraham's age, and the societal construct during Selena's age today. None of those things matter as far as the kingdom of God is concerned. That's just people organizing themselves in different ways. That is, none of those organizations should be a barrier to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And by default, None of those barriers or constructs should be a barrier for us, his followers, and this, his church. Just because they organize it a little differently. An accepted heart is open to transformation. If we can accept people where they are, That was a big vineyard thing when we first started coming. There were even t-shirts, come as you are. Like it was just kind of this thing. Apparently then it was radical. Um, it was this come as you are. And when a heart is accepted and loved by the spirit of Jesus, it's open to transformation. 
a lot of times, you know, it's New Year's, people are setting goals, they write things down, you know, all these different things. I've never been one of those people, like, ever. It's just not, it's not my jam. It's just, I'm not against it. There's nothing wrong with it. For some people, it's a really good thing, and it helps them structure stuff. It's just never been my thing. But I'm totally open to it, and, like, I bless it, and, and all of that. Why am I saying that? Because this. One of the questions they often ask when you're doing this goal setting stuff is, what goal would you set if you knew you couldn't fail? Right? People, you've ever been part of like a, a planning goal thing? Like that's one of the things they ask. What, what would you do? What goal would you set if you knew you couldn't fail? I want to posit this. I want to suggest this. The statement, an accepted heart is open to transformation. What if someone knew that like Jesus, you loved them unconditionally? Like you wanted them. You accepted their heart. Not that God wants us to be static and not that God doesn't want us to change. I don't want you hearing me say that. So if your brain just went there, stop and come back. What if you knew that you could be loved unconditionally? How willing would you be to if that person who was telling you that they love you unconditionally, how willing would you be to hear what they have to say and perhaps change? Because you knew you couldn't fail, right? And that was the thing with this goal setting thing. You knew you couldn't fail. So if I knew that Jimmy loved me no matter what, and I knew that, uh, a little bit. But if I knew Jimmy loved me no matter what, and he's like, Dusty, you know, your dental hygiene needs a little work, okay? Like, uh, you talk to me, you know, the coffee thing aside, you talk to me, there's this odor that is not palatable, um, I, you know, and I, maybe you should consider adding maybe another time of, of flossing and brushing to your hygiene. And if I knew Jimmy loved me unconditionally and that he truly had like my best interests in mind and wanted me to have better dental hygiene, I would be more willing to listen to my friend Jimmy because I know he was saying it out of love. And this is where a lot of times we as followers of Jesus fail. I don't know a better hashtag fail. Like, I don't know a better way to say it. Like, people don't know that we will love them no matter what, like Jesus did. They don't, they don't know that. And a matter of fact, they've been told that we don't. And so most people are already, who don't know Jesus, are already coming with the supposition that we're going to judge them because that's what they've been told that we do. Like, that's our jam. Apparently, we wake up, we eat our Wheaties, and we judge people. And that's not Jesus, that's not good news, and that shouldn't be how we function, because that doesn't change anybody's heart. If I made the statement that all people, all men, I'll just say men, I'll narrow it, all men who are bald are outside the will of God. All of them. We know this because Samson. 
Yeah, well, I'm not looking in anybody's direction. But let's just say that Samson cut his hair. He lost his strength because he was outside the will of God. He didn't cut his own hair. It's a whole story anyway. Go look it up. Um, But like bald, so I'm making this connection, right? Baldness means outside the will of God. So if I believed that, if that was my theology that I held to, and I made the judgment that therefore all bald people are outside the will of God, what does that say to my bald friends? Do they want to hear me when I tell them that God loves them and cares for them? And wants to be with them? We have to start at the beginning for transformation, for gospel transformation to occur. The beginning is that God gave his only begotten son. That no one should perish, but that all would have access to everlasting life. That's where we start. That's the beginning. And a lot of times, us followers of Jesus, we want to jump from the beginning and go to the middle of the book. And anybody who's ever read a book knows if you start at the middle of the book, you have no context. You don't know what's going on. You have no clue what's happening. And you're just clueless. And many times we want to have conversations with people who don't know Jesus, they don't know Scripture, they never really had experience with God, and jump to the middle of the book. And they have no context for what comes before. And we fail people when we do that. We have to start at the beginning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that no one should perish, but that everyone would have everlasting life. That's where we start. That's the beginning of the story. To be transformed is a process. It's a process. Transformation means that one day I was this, and then in the next moment, I put in parentheses a lifetime, I was that. I changed. Um, I got married once, 1996, September, got married. I was not married, did a ceremony, said the I do, did the things, and then I was married. And so from that point on, I was a perfect married guy. Because I was now married. I had the title married. Didn't do the wrong thing with the toothpaste. My chonies were never on the floor. I did all the right things. Because I'm now married, right? No, it doesn't work that way. Just because I said yes and I said I do didn't now mean that I, I was the perfect married guy. And when we accept Jesus, that doesn't suddenly transform you into the perfect picture of a Christian. And all of the fruits of the Spirit are not actively working in your life every day. It is a process, this transformation. Am I a follower of Jesus? Yes, because I said yes. Was I married? Yes, because I said yes. That didn't mean I was amazing at it. And that some 26? 
27? I'm, I, I don't math well. 26. Some 26 years later, I'm still learning and I'm still figuring stuff out and I'm still trying to figure out how to be a good husband and care for my wife and care for my son. And like, even though I have that title, I'm still working on it. I became a new creation. I didn't just get saved or rescued, but I, I did get a new heart when I accepted Jesus. And I'm just going to say this over and over and over again. This is all we really have to bring to the world. Jesus. We don't have the best programs. Richard, while amazing, is not Bono. <laughs> I, close. Close. But not quite. Um, I mean, you know, we, I mean, you, you know, and when we try, we just look silly. Can we just say that? Like, you know, the Holy Spirit will show up without a smoke machine. He does. I've been there. I've seen it. And this isn't just some cop-out or platitude. It's the truth. Like, from God's word, this is the truth. The world is in desperate need of hope and love, and we have that through Jesus Christ. The transforming power of the gospel begins when an individual experiences the acceptance of the Father who loves them. That invitation by Jesus to be part of a transformed community that are participating in bringing the kingdom of God. That's, that's what we work for. That's what we strive for. That's what we should be. The gospel has the power to transform the world and the people who live in it. And how is a man transformed? How is a woman transformed? How is a teenager transformed? How about a college student or a college professor, a mechanic, some computer IT dude? How are we transformed? How are we changed? It's not just self-help. Like we can't just help ourselves. We need Jesus. Transformation is a divine work in our hearts that welcomes us to participate in the life of God. And our cooperation, like I was mentioning earlier, our cooperation is what sets that transformation in motion. We have to partner with God. We have to allow him to change us, to mold us, to make us new. Everything that we try to add on to that power of the good news is superfluous. I almost said it wrong. Superfluous. I did practice saying superfluous. I don't want to say it fast three times, but superfluous. Uh, that everything else may be wonderful and serve humanity. It may be a good thing, but without the central message of the gospel of Jesus at the core of our intention and activity, that everything else is ultimately powerless to create wholeness. I talked about this last week if, if you were with us. Like, activism is good. Therapy is good. Caring for the poor is good. All of these things are good. But if we're doing it outside of Jesus, if we're doing it outside of Christ, it's not ultimately transformative. We have to be partnered with God to bring his kingdom. And that's what, what God wants us to do, is to, is to bring his kingdom. Activism is amazing, 
and awesome and can change lives. We just can't allow activism to take the place of the Savior. Our, our program, our intention, I mean, I, I guess I, as I was writing this, I was thinking about my amazing friends at, at Wide Awake Ministries in the Ukraine who are getting orphans out of the institutions there and caring for them and bringing them into families. Like, to me, they're my heroes. Like, legit, Russell Wilson can go take a bath. My friends, Kim and Jed Johnson, are my heroes. But if, if that's all they were doing, it doesn't actually transform lives. But the reality is they're doing this with the intention of they heard that, they read the scripture, the least of these, caring for the least of these. And that truth from here changed their lives and then changed the lives of those boys at the institution in the Ukraine. It caused transformation. They left their jobs. They sold everything they had. They took their whole family, including their kids, and moved to the Ukraine where they didn't speak the language to get boys who had significant developmental disabilities out of an institution and into families. And that is the transformative power of the kingdom of God. I'm both saved and in the process of being saved. It's a little bit like I was alluding to earlier. This is a process. Don't get so frustrated with yourself. Sometimes we get really frustrated that we haven't arrived. And whatever arrived looks like, and we have like some weird Christian checkbox metric in our head of, okay, now I'm good. Scripture tells us that the reality is you will never be perfect. There was only one perfect man, and that was Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to sin. And when I sin, it's not a real big surprise to God. Like, he expected it. It was a little bit like my son when he was little. We used to play catch, and uh, he would throw the ball. And most of the time, I knew he wasn't going to make it to me. Uh, you know, like, it just... Throw it over here, throw it over here, my feet. And so I knew that. And so when he threw the ball and it didn't make it to me, am I like, Oh, thou son, I am most displeased in you. How dareth you misseth the mark of my mitt? Thou hast cast the ball that I gaveth to you onto the ground, and it layeth in the dirt in its pain and ugliness. And you, by default, my son, are ugly as the ball because you did not make it to my man. God, you guys, that's not how God looks at you. He knows you're going to sin. He knows you're going to mess up. He knows you're going to fail. It is expected. And what does he ask for us to do? To confess our sins. To make it right. To ask forgiveness of both God and man to get right with him. That's what he expects of us. Not that the ball is always going to make it to the mitt. And I want you to hear that. 
because we're invited to this journey of transformation, and it's going to last your entire life. One moment of transformation turns into a whole lifestyle of love. Loving God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It turns into a lifestyle. We give it and we receive it, and that's the way the gospel works. Many profound moments can happen in a person's life, but no other transforming moment can completely define who they are like choosing to follow Jesus' will. It determines whose they are, where they will be heading in their life. It gives us a new heart and can change us from the inside out. Following Jesus is transformative. It changes us if we allow it to. And so, as I said in the beginning, if you hear one thing today, I want you to hear this. Partner with God and allowing him to change you. Let Jesus help transform you and make you new. You guys, I promise you, you will not regret it. I promise you, you will not regret following Jesus. Let's pray. Um, I just, I feel this through, I just, I feel like this is from, from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit, that there may be someone, um, uh, watching online today that you've not chosen to follow Jesus before and you're interested. Um, I want to encourage you to go uh, to our Facebook page and message us, go to our website, um, I, will, I will respond to you, I will call you back, I will reach out to you, whatever it is you're looking for. Um, but Jesus wants you, and he cares for you, and he is interested in walking with you and helping you transform your life. Um, because it, uh, if, if I'm hearing the Lord correctly, you are really dissatisfied with a lot of your life, and there's a lot of things that you f would you feel like what if and that you would want to change and that you would want to be different um, about yourself. And the only real way that you can be changed and be made whole and transform is through the power of Jesus Christ. Having a good therapist helps, but only Jesus can truly transform you and change you. Uh, so if, if, if that is you, I encourage you to reach out to us. Lord Jesus, um, we want to follow you. We want to give you our hearts. We want to go where you go. We want to walk where you walk. We want to love like you love. We want to care about the things you care about. For some reason, I have a bunch of worship songs thrown through my head this morning, but um, there's this one that says, break my heart with your love. Lord, would you break our hearts? with your love, would you show us how to be soft-hearted? Would you show us how to be tender um,
Lord, would you show us how to love, how to forgive, how to have care for others, Lord God. Lord, our, um, our whole system is designed to take care of ourselves. And your whole gospel talks about caring for others. Our whole system is, is backwards in our world. And Jesus, you came to correct that. So Lord, would you show us as, as a church, as members of, of the Yakima Vineyard, would you, would you show us how to walk out your gospel, to tell others the good news of Jesus Christ, to, to express your love for them through our lives, Lord God. Lord, we want to join with you in bringing your kingdom. So change us, transform us, guide us, Lord God. There's an exercise I want to do um, to close. Um, I want you to be quiet before the Lord. Um, I want you to enter a place where you're really just listening to God. Um, and I want you to ask the Lord this. Um, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And I'm going to be praying, praying for you too. Um, Holy Spirit, what is one area of, of how I am that you want to transform, that you want to partner with me to transform? Um, it reminds me a little bit, there's this funny quote, it's a funny quote by John Wimber, but he, um, he said, never ask the Lord what's wrong with me, because he'll answer you. There's areas of our life that are not um, in line with the kingdom of God, that are not in line with God's will. And God wants to change those things. He wants to transform those things. And so we're going to just take a moment. I'm going to shut up. And we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. So Holy Spirit, would you, for each one who's in a place where our hearts are soft and they're open to you, and we want you to speak to us, would you show us one area um, of our life, just one, we'll start with one, one area of our life that you want to partner with us in transforming that for your kingdom. So Holy Spirit, come.
And Lord, now would you be like a dog with a bone in that area of our life? And not let it go. Lord Jesus, teach us how to submit to you, how to serve you, how to follow you. Lord, we confess that we don't always know the right way. Matter of fact, we often don't know the right way. But we can know it through your word, through prayer, through partnering with you in the transformation of our hearts and lives and in the hearts and lives of those around us, Lord God. So change us, Jesus. Transform us by the power of your good news. In the name of Jesus, amen. Um, I feel like we're supposed to do one more thing. Um, there's a number of folks, uh, as I kind of mentioned earlier, who um, are sick and struggling with stuff. A lot of them might be watching online. So I'm, we're just going to take a quick moment and just pray for healing. Um, if you're here and you need healing, if there's something physical going on, um, I want to encourage you to just put your hands out and receive from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you come and, and heal us? Lord, I think of the um, many times and all the different ways that you healed people throughout your ministry here on earth. Sometimes you weren't even aware. Like I think of the woman who reached out to touch the, the hem of your, of your garment. So Lord, we reach out to you. For ourselves, for all of the folks in our community who are struggling with physical stuff, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I speak healing to you. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I speak healing to you. In the love of the Father who wants you to be whole, I speak healing to you. Be healed. Be healed. May the grace and hope and power of the love of God just flood your soul and heal you. Be healed in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we, um, we pray for protection. Um, for all of our church community, Lord God, um, Lord, just protection from, from injury and sickness and illness, um, from mental attack, from spiritual attack, Lord God, all of the different things that are swirling around. Lord Jesus, I just, I ask for your protection over our community of Yakima Vineyard, Lord God. Would you watch over us and protect us, Jesus? Lord, would your, that helmet of salvation, Lord God, that helps protect our thoughts, Lord, would that be firmly attached? <laughs> I, I was just kind of at the end there feeling like specifically there was something with mental attacks. So, um, Lord God, would you help remind us who we are and kind of as I mentioned earlier, Lord, whose we are. 
and that you are our king and you are our God and, and only you have authority over those who follow you. And so, Lord, can we both remind ourselves and anything that might be trying to attack us of that truth. So watch over us, Lord, and care for us. Lord, I ask that you would bless my friends. Lord, I just speak a blessing over them in the name of Jesus. Lord, would you bless them as they will go throughout this week. Lord, I ask that they would carry the gospel, the good news of who you are with them in their lives as they touch other people, Jesus. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you. We um, are going to continue on with uh, this next week. So bless you. Remember the home group starting up soon and men's breakfast next month. So, oh, uh, one other thing before I forget, almost forgot. Uh, we're going to take down Christmas right after service. So if you are willing to grab a garland, GG. Just made that up. Very proud of myself. I think I might make a t-shirt. If you're willing to grab some Christmas stuff and take it upstairs, we would greatly appreciate your help. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. We'll be back next week.